Thank you for choosing to be with us. We are in part two of a new series called Practice. Practice. And today we are looking at a life practice number two, which is pursue relationally. Pursue relationally. I want us to get a kind of an overview at this point, where we've been, where we're going with this series and how it affects us. And so here are the five life practices. Practice these five life practices that fuel a thriving and contagious faith in Jesus. Last week, devote daily. Today, pursue relationally. Next week, guide biblically and then live authentically engage missionally. These are going to be the five practices that we are doing more than talking about. We'd love to have these kind of get inside of you and you begin to feel like these are the ongoing practices that will help me to have this fueled, thriving, contagious faith. Right now, I want to begin by asking you, if you remember anything about last Tuesday... Do you remember anything about last Tuesday? And what, what do you remember? Don't say it out loud, just think about it. I want to share with you something that I remember about last Tuesday, really early in the morning. In fact, it was such a memorable moment. I took a snapshot, and I want to share that with you. This is where we live. This is Tuesday morning. Sunrise. I don't know if you, on a picture, it doesn't quite do justice. There's a rainbow right in the middle of that picture, right above Mingus Mountain. Just a gorgeous morning that uh, I needed to see. I was in my morning desert getaway to just spend some time with God. It started out in the darkness and ended up with this. And beautiful, beautiful, life-giving moment because I was looking for life. I was looking in my life practice for more life from my God who is giving us light. And light gives us color. And color just gives us beauty. You tend to see what you're looking for. If you're looking for light and looking for color and looking for beauty, you're going to find it. But if you focus on the darkness and fixate on the hate, you'll experience the drabness and the distress. Devote daily, and you're going to experience life that is contagious, life that is fueling, life that you can actually share with others. And man, it's a good thing too, because the rest of that day was tough for me. Circumstances began to crash in, and if I hadn't filled up with some memorable moments and with the confidence that my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and the hope that is found in Him, I think my responses would have been even worse than they were. It's a challenge to live daily in the presence of God and allow the goodness of God to flow through us. So devote daily, and then we will have something out of which we can pursue relationally. 
I'm going to begin by reading a large passage of Scripture out of 1 John 4, 7 through 21. We're going to be in this passage all morning, so if you want to turn there, you can. If you want to just listen, you can do that as well. It will not be on the screen in a whole. We'll look at different pieces of it in a moment. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. And knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him, and he in us. He has given us of his spirit, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So we're looking at the topic, pursue relationally. This is a huge concept, and we think we already have it, but we probably don't. And so we need to kind of open our hearts and receive from him. Before I move on, what I just read was written by the Apostle John, who was the youngest apostle, the youngest of the 12 disciples, that Jesus had chosen. This is one of the later uh, letters written, of all the letters written. I know that a lot of the liberal scholars like to say, I want to say dumb stuff like, oh, the things that they say Jesus said didn't really get said. That was all made up hundreds of years later. Well, the church fathers quoted from John, and this letter in particular, um, it, around 100 AD. So John had to have written this in the latter 
uh, third of that, that century. So you get this 70s, 80s, or 90s that John wrote this. And he wrote this after uh, Jerusalem had been destroyed by the Romans. The temple had been ransacked. There was a falling away from the faith. There was a scattering out of Jerusalem. He relocated his central ministry into Ephesus. He's writing about what we need to do. It's amazing to me what he doesn't say in this world of hate. It's amazing what he doesn't say in this world of darkness. He doesn't focus on diagnosis of all the darkness and diagnosis of all the bad stuff. He focuses on the solution and where we live and what we bring to this dark world because we're part of the answer. And I just love this section as I love all the word and love the fact that this isn't made up. Jesus really did rise from the dead. He has the power to transform the darkest moments. Even while we're experiencing the darkness, we can live in the light and live in hope and focus on good and beauty and love and experience something that is rare these days. Experience the reality of the supernatural pulsing through our own lives as he just loves us and loves us and loves us and pursues us and we just need to figure out how to receive all that he's doing and all he's giving. So let's just pick out a few thoughts today to encourage us along the way. Point number one, God showed his pursuing love. So I already read this, but verse nine reads this way. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son. Is that not pursuing relationally or what? He's showing us love by pursuing us when we're not pursuing him. The reality is we did not have what it takes to pursue him. We did not have what it takes to please him. And that's not where love begins. Love begins with God pursuing us. And he shows his love. And the best demonstration of of his love is not even in the beauty of nature. And yet it's there, like I showed on the screen moments ago. And he's constantly pursuing us with gifts in the design, in our bodies, in the love that's just coming through all a general revelation all the time, every day, if we'll look for it. But he did something far better than that. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might amazing, live through him. We are constantly working at living through us. We're constantly working at trying to make our lives better, and I'm going to try harder, and I'm going to do this. And this is the opposite of that. This is the living through him. And Doug did a beautiful job talking about that last week when he talked about remaining in Christ and abiding in Christ. And as you connect with Christ and remain in Christ, there's fruit that comes out of that. And as you devote daily, you will then be able to live through him, which is the fruit coming through you from God. So God showed us his pursuing love, point number two. Point number two. 
God is the source of pursuing love. He showed it to us, and he's the source. He's the source. See, here's what he writes in verse 10. Let's slow this down. This is love. Now, if you didn't read the rest, you'd think, oh, now he's going to define love. But this is the weirdest thing he does next. He says, this is love. Not that we loved God. See, religion thinks this is love. Try harder now, people. Come on. Love each other. Come on. Quit, quit beating each other up. Stop that. And you hear that kind of preaching over and over again. And we try to stop that. You know what? I don't have it in me to be able to pull off what God is asking us in life to bring this kind of love. He says it's not that we loved God first. So we even approach our devote daily practice. We even approach our devote daily practice as, okay, I got to do this. I got to devote daily. And I heard that great message. I'm going to do this. Okay, I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to devote daily. I'm going to try harder. No, no, no. You don't have to try harder. Just come to Jesus. Don't check it off a list. Because you can sure check it off the list. Read, try harder, memorize, work real hard at devoting daily. And you're just trying harder and trying harder. This is the approach of religion, folks. Not that we loved God. Religion is we're going to try to love God. We're going to love God. We're going to love God. And then he's got to love us. He's got to accept us. I think I've loved him enough to get to heaven. And John says, it doesn't work like that. We don't have enough. Our tanks aren't able to love in that way. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He keeps loving. It's unexhaustible. He keeps pursuing. He sent. He did. We come and receive. If we could just get a hold of that and make sure that every devote daily practice throughout our day is coming to Jesus. We're receiving, receiving, receiving. Okay? We're not earning, earning, earning. We're receiving, receiving, receiving every time we come and receive love. Look for it. Listen for it. Search for his love. Thank him for his love. Express your gratitude. In verse 11, we read this. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I mean, I could focus on so much, but I want us to focus on the little word so. Since God so loved us. Have you ever heard anybody say, you are so welcome? The, the word so changes everything. It's like, uh, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's not the same thing as you are so welcome. With the so, God so loved us, you are so welcome. You get this posture change. You get this attitude change with it. It's not just words. God's posture, God's attitude is just bent in our direction. It's just a smiling, warm embrace coming in our direction. You are so welcome. In fact, he sent his son so that we could be so welcome. He welcomes us in. And when finally you feel so welcomed and loved by God, your posture, your attitude towards others can change. You are so welcome too. And you can bring that posture and that attitude to somebody who is opposed to you, 
opposed to God, far from God, and against you. You can bring that posture, that attitude, when you love them with the love that comes from God and you do something loving, you don't actually say you're so welcome when they don't want it. <laughs> that would be received wrong. You're so welcome when they're hating you. But that posture begins to soften things down. They're seeing something they do not know how to compute. What is this that I see? So, point number three. In the back? Thank you. God showed his pursuing love. Point number two, God is the source of pursuing love. Point number three, when God's love shows through you, love is made complete in you. Let's take a look at this right from the text. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This word, by the way, made complete. It's like perfected, matured, complete. But also complete makes me think of it. It completes the loop. It came from God. We're living life through him and his life through us. And it's touching another person which gives glory and honor to God and it makes love complete. If you don't have this completion of love, it's not love according to the definitions that we're reading here. Because love is not a cul-de-sac. Ah, God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. Uh, I feel so good that God loves me. That's a cul-de-sac. And like electricity, the circuit isn't complete, so there's no power there. When the circuit is complete, it comes to you, then fills you, then through you, and it isn't complete and shown. Take a look at this. No one has ever seen God, but it shows up. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us and so it shows up. And so I want us to see that. Let's review the points again. God showed us pursuing love. God is the source of pursuing love. When God's love shows through you, love is made complete in you. Point number should be four, sorry, typo. You were loved first, so we're missing point number four. All right. I made some adjustments. By the way, remember I said Tuesday with the challenges? The challenges came. <laughs> After two days of working on my message, it was all done, ready to go to Sam, my computer crashed. And I was right between transitioning on, on my operating system, and my backup was trying to catch up to the new transition, so I had no backup. And in the transition, no matter what I did to look for backing this thing up, I had to start all over. Oh... God so loved me. I decided to fix, focus on the beauty. I guess what I'm going to come up with without all that good stuff is going to be better. But there was a lot of glitches here in some of the changes that I made. 1 John 4.19, as we skip forward, says, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. All right. Because I'm lost, I'm going to find myself here and hopefully help you. 
When God's love shows through you, love is made complete in you. God's love is made complete in us when his love moves through us. His love feels vague and incomplete and invisible to people until they experience God's love through us. It will feel incomplete to you also till you love as he loves. Who seeks first? God does. Who pursues first? God does. Now that we've been pursued first, it's our job to pursue first. In relationships. You're at odds with somebody, whose job is it to pursue first? We love God, we pursue relationally. Somebody starts to drift, whose job is it to pursue first? God loved us first, showed us how it's done while we were drifting. Now we pursue first. Somebody's got to go first. Let that be you. Pursue first. I want to finish with chips and chairs. We looked at chips. Remember the big blue bag of uh, sharing size vinegar and salt chips a few weeks ago, three weeks ago? Is your bag of chips empty? And do you have chips in your bag that you can share? And then we're going to talk about do you need to move from your chair. So in the talk several weeks ago, three weeks ago now I think or so, I had the blue bag of chips and loving people as simple as sharing chips. So tell me about that book you're reading. Actually expressing interest and asking more questions and get them to know that you care, that posture thing is there, that leaning into pursuing relationship is there. And they begin to feel like I'm not just a sales clerk. I'm not just a body that's a nobody, that person treats me like a somebody. And you can build that, keep pursuing, keep pursuing, especially if God is leading. And you just share chips, share chips, share chips. Who are we? We are not the chips. We are the bag that is empty if we don't devote daily. And if we devote daily, God just gives us more chips. And if we share chips Now our love is complete. We actually experience God showing up in a new way than before when all it was just about us, a cul-de-sac. The power of God through us is bigger and more experiential and the invisible God shows up when we pursue relationally and God's love flows through us. And it doesn't just show up for us. It begins to show up for the person that we love and pursue relationally. Is your bag of chips empty? Devote daily. Do you have chips in your bag you can share? If you don't, devote daily. Come to God. Don't come trying harder. Come to receive his love. And as you receive his love, you'll have something to talk about. Look for his love and you'll have something to talk about and begin to express your gratitude. And do you need to move from your chair? I've got a picture of three chairs up here. And we need to think in terms of third chair, second chair, first chair, kind of like moving your way up in the orchestra in a sense. But our church is all about helping people move from wherever they are to where God wants them to be. So this third chair, if you can imagine anybody that's in attendance here or anybody online sitting down viewing things, there are non-believers living for self-interest that are in chairs. 
Some non-believers living for self-interest are here. They're checking God out. And I will challenge you to take some steps. And I already have this morning. Challenge you to take some steps to see if God is who he claims to be. And he will fill you up with chips, fill you up with love. The challenge for the non-believer is they're not sure. And sometimes the thing that God asks them to do, the steps God asks them to take, they don't believe really will make them happy so they don't take those steps. And when they don't take those steps, it's because they believe that their practices are making them happier than the practices God is asking them to take. And so the harder practices God asks them to take, they avoid and they pick and choose the practices they actually believe will make them happier. That's the third chair, non-believer, sitting in our midst today and online, the makeup of who we are. And we're trying to reach people from wherever they are and help them move in the right direction. Well, then there's second chair believers. These are believers now, believers living for self-interests. The only difference here is they have moved from, I don't know if I trust God. I don't know if I believe in God. Now this person says, I do believe Jesus really died on the cross for me and rose from the dead. But when God asked them to do the hard things, they still are saying, I totally believe in God, but they're still choosing from them for themselves the practices that they think will make them happiest. And they're not taking the steps God asks them to take. Believe it or not, I believe, and I have no way of judging our own church, only God can as he views our hearts and views our lives and sees what's happening. I believe this is the largest segment of our church. That we believe in God, we're convinced we believe in God, we love Jesus Christ, but we're stuck here and not really taking the steps to live a following life, living like Jesus, taking his Great commission, seriously, loving people who are far from God, even against us, and our whole life becomes about his mission. This is the smaller group, I believe, in most churches in North America. And so we're stuck here thinking, well, I'm saved. I checked off my list. I read. I've been baptized. I'm the cul-de-sac of God's love. And woo-hoo, I'm going to heaven. And we're not really experiencing the package that God has for us. And it's up to God to sort all that out. But listen, folks, it's time for wherever we are to get up and move from our chair and take some steps in the direction God is asking us to take. If we're here, check out God and see if he isn't who he says he is and get up from your chair and move to become a believer. If he really is God and really is in control, then whatever he says is actually going to be best for you. Get out of your chair. Let's take some steps and become a follower and get on board with God's mission and make a difference in people's lives around us. Pursue people relationally and not just be the cul-de-sac of God's love where the circuit is not complete. And the power of God is missing. And we have a set of beliefs in our head and we just, are, we just want to get to heaven. And we don't want them to mess with our lives. I kind of like this and this and this and this and what I do that makes me happy. We all have steps to take, don't we? How do we take those steps? I've been telling you all along, don't try harder. Just love him. Come to him. He'll fill you up with so much love, so much gratitude that it's going to start to spill over. You are so welcome. You are so welcomed by God because I've been so welcomed by God. 
He loves you so much. You know how I know that? Because he loves me so much. I'm such a mess, and he still loves me. And you should see how far I've come, and you are so welcome, and you're coming too. Get up. Let's get it from your chair. Let's take this step. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for pursuing us relationally and setting the course. Telling us it isn't just how you pursued us, sought us, died for us, washed us clean, bought us, made us yours. But now you send us to pursue others, to live through you, share our chips, love others, and help others discover you too. To walk right into the darkness, bringing our light to love those who are hateful and love them to the place where they're disarmed by that love. And they see what was vague to them before, that there's something real in us. This love is real, and they want love too. Lord, we thank you for loving us that much. We want to spend some time loving you even in the moments to come for what you have done by sending the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.